So this will be the last message in this series called The Creed. And our key text has been in 2 Timothy. I want to read that to you uh, one more time. It says, in fact, everyone who wants to live a godly life in Christ Jesus will be persecuted. There's some things that will come your way because of your stand for Jesus, if you're really standing for him, that uh, will be persecution. And, it, and probably um, it's not like, as a matter of fact, I know it's not like other parts of the world where they actually give their life for, for their stand, for their faith. But here in the U.S., there is some persecution uh, as cr for Christians. Maybe it's somebody at work, and you just don't know why they don't like you. Can I just tell you, honey, sometimes it's just spiritual. They don't like you. The spirit in them don't like the spirit in you. And sometimes it's just it's spiritual. Um, but I'm I, I, sad to say, I think in America, unless we turn back to God, we're going to see more of an opportunity for Christians to be persecuted. Verse 13 says, while evildoers and imposters will go from bad to worse. Can you see that? I mean, it really just seems like that. Deceiving and being deceived. But as for you, continue in what you have learned and have become convinced of. And that's a big word. And that's the reason why we've looked at this series, we've done this series, is we've got to become convinced of some things. We have to be immovable about some truths of God. And I hope we're all there. If not, I believe God's going to help us to do that. Uh, because you know those from whom you learned it. And there are uh, uh, the writers uh, that God used for the Bible. He wrote the Bible but uh, under his inspiration, but it was penned by men who had experienced that who had seen, who were eyewitnesses to Jesus and, and all that he's done. So this is what we want to um, make sure we're sure of. These truths, these bedrock truths. And the creed, the Apostles' Creed, uh, was written about 140 A.D. And uh, it, it was their statement of faith. It's not scripture, but it's based on these scriptural truths that we've been looking at. And we need to do the same. Deception is in the land. You must know, like no other time before, you must know what you really believe. So you can stand even in the face of persecution. So I've taken the Apostles' Creed and I broke it down to three, what I call three essential elements. For, for really for Christianity, okay? Three essential elements of the Apostles' Creed. And I want to read it to you. I don't have it on the screen, but let me just read it to you, and then we're going to jump into today's message. The Apostles' Creed begins by saying, I believe in God, the Father Almighty, maker of heaven and earth, and in Jesus Christ, his only Son, our Lord, who was conceived by the Holy Spirit. And that essential element is we believe in the sovereign triune God. If you missed that message, you can go back to Facebook our Facebook page, and you can find it there. But we believe in the sovereign triune God. Then it goes on to say, uh, born of the Virgin Mary, talking about Jesus, suffered under Pontius Pilate, who was crucified, dead, and buried. He descended into hell. The third day he rose again from the dead. He ascended into heaven and setteth on the right hand of God, the Father Almighty. From thence he shall come to judge the quick and the dead. And we had a good time with that one. That one uh, essential element is we believe in the finished work of Christ. When he said it is finished on the cross, that means it is completed for me and you. He don't have to do nothing else for us. It is done. He's already paid the price for not only salvation, for being saved from our sins, but for victory, a complete victory in your life. Now, Jesus hadn't retired. He still got some unfinished business to do, and that's when we thought we read about him coming back on the white horse. And um, Mike done such a good job singing that. We ain't going to let him off on that one. He's going to sing it again one day. And then, and then uh, today, uh, the last part, I believe in the Holy Ghost. I really believe in the Holy Ghost. I know what he's done for me. The Holy Catholic Church, not the Catholic religion. This is uh, meaning the, the total church, the whole body uh, the, of Christ. 
the communion of saints. And I'm glad we got such a good church to have such sweet communion with. The forgiveness of sins, the resurrection of the body, and the life everlasting. So today, and that last essential is what we're talking about. I'm going to share with you just for a few moments. It is called the uh, third essential element. I'm sorry, I did have it all on screen. Look, I'm just going to go right through all of it. Excuse me. Here we go. Here's the title. The creed, the redemption of the believer. The redemption of the believer. Let me pray one more time. God, I thank you that we, many of us in this room, have experienced your redemption power. God, maybe today there's some here today, maybe they're watching this video and they, they have it. I believe today your spirit is working. I believe this is your main goal today, that all of us can experience what's already been given to us. It's called the gift of salvation. And not just to be saved, but Lord, to, to know you and to have that relationship because you are longing for us and you're going to help us to long for you to speak to us today in Jesus name. I love that word redemption. I love the the dictionary definition of that word. Uh, redemption if you're taking notes, redemption is the action of saving or being saved from sin, error or evil. And this is probably not news to none of us. Every one of us needed that. We all are, have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. Would all the people that have sinned before raise your hand? And if you're not raising your hand, you sinning because you lying. <laughs> We've all sinned. <laughs> we all got a story. <laughs> I was talking in the parking lot out there with, with Benny, and we got talking about I had a firebird that in the back seat, it was, the back floorboard was rusted out. Oh, I know, we, we saw Chad's car. We saw his police car. We was talking, that may keep some people from coming to church. They're like, I was going to go, but baby, let's go on down to the other church. They'll start moving stuff around. How many of you were worried when the police got behind you? <laughs> yeah, that's right. That's, we were talking about Robert. And in my firebird, the back, back floorboard was rusted out, but that was okay. That was a good thing because I had plywood over it. And any time I needed to dispose of some things, I would raise up the plywood and just let it go. Have you ever seen them do that, Chad? Stuff coming all out from under the car? We all have sinned. We've all erred. We've all needed deliverance from evil. And God does a good job at that. And another uh, definition is the action of regaining or gaining possession of something. Now, don't you love that? In exchange for the payment or clearing of debt, that means Jesus gave his very life. He paid the ultimate price so he can regain possession of us. Did you know the Bible says that when you are redeemed, that there is a seal on your forehead? That the Holy Spirit is that seal? And when, I, I, when, the, when the devil sees you, he used to have you. But when he sees you after you've asked Christ into your life, he says, oh, wait a minute. There's a seal. I cannot touch him. Now, I can make him try to stumble and fall, but I don't have the same influence over his life that I used to. He has a new owner, and it's not me. Now, somebody should be getting happy about right now. There's a seal. I wonder what it looks like. Maybe it says, you can't touch this. Boom, 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 boom. Can't touch that. <laughs> uh, that's pretty good. See that shuffle? <laughs> we like to have a good time here. I think that's okay because we are redeemed. We have a reason to rejoice, don't we? So redemption is not um, just being saved from sins. It is also being saved to and for something else. Not just being saved from sin. So many of us have been there. We, we asked Jesus to forgive us of our sins. But we haven't fully been redeemed yet. He's not, he's not just wanting to be your Savior. He wants to be your Lord. He wants that relationship with you. And the scripture says it like this. He delivered us from the domain of darkness 
and transferred us to the kingdom of his beloved son. Isn't that amazing? Isn't that so awesome? The gospel is good news. That he took you out of, as the psalmist says, out of the miry clay, that pit that many of you were in, all of us were in. And he set us on a rock, and that is Christ Jesus, the kingdom of God. So it's not just the heavenly kingdom, not just God's eternal kingdom that he saved us to. He's redeemed us to be a part of his kingdom on earth. We are kingdom people. He has things for us to do to be in his kingdom on earth. It's a unique plan for each of us. And he will use us to bring redemptive power to everyone on the planet. That's his goal. And man, he will use those that will allow him to use, uh, be used. So here we go. This sort of sums it up. We have a short time to impact as many people as possible for Jesus before eternity. We have a short time to impact as many people as possible for Jesus. Now, if you are a sleeper at Move Church, you can go ahead and check on out. Because I just gave you the whole overview of the message. You won't miss anything now if you go to sleep. But I, I do want to drive this home just a little bit, These, what I've talked about. I just want to drive it just a little deeper. So, And I want to use a modern-day parable to illustrate some points, some of these points. The points that we've, what we've been redeemed from, what we've been redeemed to, and what we've been redeemed for. A modern-day parable, this is not a true story. But I'm sure stories like this happen every day. There were three friends in their 30s. I have pictures of my three friends. Oh, there they are. There were three friends in their 30s, and they took a road trip to another state, headed to their 15, 15th year high school reunion. And they've been friends since junior high. They've remained in touch over all those years. Their names are Larry, Michael, and Tom. And on the way, while on a dark country road, a diesel came over into their lane and hit them head on. And the three friends were killed instantly. This is where their real journey began. To their surprise, Tom and Larry met up in heaven. They looked around for Michael but could not find him. They hoped it only meant that Michael was still alive. But they could not help but wonder what it meant if, it, if he wasn't. And each of us have two possible eternities waiting for us. No matter what popular opinion may say, we don't, when we die, we don't just cease to exist. We don't just get suspended in an unseen dimension on earth. We don't come back as a dog or a cat. Each person will either spend eternity in heaven or eternity in hell. Eternity means forever and ever and ever without end. It's hard for us to understand it, but just because we cannot understand it doesn't mean it's not real and true. And this is what makes the redemptive story of Christ so amazing and so wonderful. That Jesus died so all could be saved. All could be redeemed. No one is beyond being saved. And that song we just sung about it, all can come. All can be with him in heaven for eternity. For those who receive Christ as their Lord and Savior, the point is this. We have been redeemed from hell. Oh, we have been redeemed from a very real place called hell. Let me get back to my, my story. I said Michael 
woke up in what appeared to be a prison cell. And as he began to come to his senses, he quickly realized that he was in hell. He had only heard a couple of sermons about it when he was a kid. He really didn't believe that it existed. His senses now were overwhelmed. He could smell sulfur and the smell of burning hair. He could not see anyone, but he could hear the sounds of people yelling and moaning. All he could think about was the times he heard about Jesus. He distinctly remembered one church service where he felt God pulling on his heart. He couldn't explain it, but he just sensed God's love. But he didn't surrender to Christ because he thought he could not change. And now all he wanted to do was cry out and beg for forgiveness. For one more opportunity to know Jesus Christ. Instantly, there appeared a large creature opening his cell door. And it led him down a dark corridor. There was no way he could imagine the torment that was waiting him. Hell is not going to be a big old party, folks. It's not going to be uh, just bad to you for a moment and then you die. In hell, there, there will not be second chances. Hell is torment beyond comprehension. Hell was not designed for me and you. Hell was designed, the Bible says, for Satan and his demons. But it's very clear that if we do not receive this gift of salvation... We choose hell over heaven. It's our choice. And it says quite a bit about hell. I just want to give you a few words that the Bible uses to describe hell. It talks about eternal punishment. Eternal, forever, no dying. Punishment. It talks about a lake of fire. It talks about darkness. As a matter of fact, one scripture talks, it mentions utter darkness. I believe the darkness will be so heavy. Have you ever been in a, I've been in a dark place where there was zero light and it was a heaviness. It was almost weighing you down. And, and it will be beyond that. And it says there will be another description, weeping and gnashing of teeth. Gnashing is grinding because of the torment. Grinding your teeth. And then it says, it will be torment without rest. Torment without rest. Jesus talked about hell when he mentioned the story of Lazarus, the rich man and Lazarus. And I don't believe that was a parable because all the other parables, Jesus didn't give a name. He didn't name the people involved. This, I believe, was a true story because he said there was a rich man and Lazarus. And if you've ever read that story, it's very interesting. Uh, the Bible says that when the rich man woke up in hell, he, he saw Lazarus. And he begged Lazarus to go and to dip his finger in water and come and just touch his tongue. Because he said, I'm in agony in this fire. Now that really just amazes me. I, my immediate thought would be, why would you not ask for gallons of water. But the torment was so severe that he could not even imagine anything beyond a drop. That a drop of water on his tongue, in his mind, would bring extreme relief. That tells you how bad the torment was. Torment without rest. So we have been redeemed from hell. If, you have if you've made Jesus the Lord and Savior of your life, you have been redeemed from this place. Aren't you so thankful? None of us deserved it. We're not talking about deserving this. This is a gift of salvation. This is at your worst state. Jesus can walk in. I, I think one of the songs, maybe that song said, you haven't done too much. That Jesus cannot enter in your life. So we've re been redeemed from hell, 
And the good news is we have been redeemed for heaven. <laughs> we have re been redeemed for heaven. Let me go back to the story. Tom was caught up with all the signs of heaven. He didn't realize that he and Larry got separated. Tom could not believe what he was seeing. It seemed like a dream. He was startled when he heard a familiar voice call his name. It was a voice he hadn't heard in a long time, but so familiar as if it was yesterday. It was his mom. She was the Christian example in his life. Always telling him about Jesus growing up. And now she, she is here. She came running toward him. They embraced. They laughed. She yelled praises to Jesus. Then they hugged and laughed some more. She grabbed his hand and began to drag him down a shiny street. She enthusiastically said, let me show you your new home. Oh, can you imagine? I have a godly mom that I believe prayed me in. I believe she spent hours on her knees praying for me. And God heard her prayers. And yes, I can't wait to see Jesus. Man, I can't wait to shoot the breeze with Peter. I think me and him will, will get along pretty good. But I just got to tell you, I can't wait to see my mom. I think she may be a little surprised that I made it. I think she'll say, boy, you scared me to death. I, I personally believe that God allows them to know some things. So I believe she knows. But she, she never, she knew me as serving God. Thankfully, I had committed my life to Christ before she passed. But she never knew me in ministry. She never knew that. She never got to see Nick. I can't wait to see her. I can't wait to get a hug from her. Many of us have parents that have gone on before us, godly parents. And, you know, you don't realize how great you're blessed until they're gone, do you? I can't wait to get a fried apple pie. I believe she's baking them up in heaven. Well, not baking them. We fried them. <laughs> she fried them up in heaven. And heaven is going to be better than you and I can imagine. And this is what we've been redeemed for. A few words that the Bible uses, there's no way I can give you all of them, but a few words that describe heaven is paradise. Jesus told the thief on the cross today, you're going to be with me in paradise. It's God's home, the scripture says. And I'm giving you references to every one of these. It's God's home. It says, heaven is a city of pure gold. We cannot even imagine that, can we? It also says there will be no more tears, death, or pain. Man, I'm ready for that, aren't you? And it says it's going to be our eternal home. We won't have to worry about being evicted. God ain't going to change his mind. When you're there, you're there for eternity. I, I've been just thinking this whole week, I, you know, for some reason, these old songs of my past come back around when I, many times, I, I don't understand it because I didn't even like them when I heard them back then. But it's amazing how it gets into your spirit. And I thought about this song that says, won't it be wonderful there? When with the Savior we enter the glory land, won't it be wonderful there? Ended the troubles and cares of the story land, won't it be wonderful there? Does anybody know this song? Maybe, not, maybe three of us do. Let me get to the chorus. Won't it be wonderful there? Having no burdens to bear. Joyously singing with heart bells all ringing, won't it be wonderful there? We have been redeemed from hell, and we have been redeemed for heaven. But also, 
We have been redeemed to redeem others. Now, every one of us in this room falls into this story. One of these guys, our, our life is pointed in that direction. We're either headed for heaven or we're either headed to hell. And if we're headed for heaven, God has called us to redeem others. You're not saved just to be saved yourself. You are saved to save other people. To take as many people with you to heaven as possible. And I can tell you that is the true purpose of our life and the true joy for the Christian is to know that you can be responsible for other people that were on their way to hell. Now they are on their way to heaven for eternity. I'm going to ask you, how many of us in this room have somebody in this room that is responsible for us serving God, that, that God helped uh, use to help us point toward him? Would you raise your hand? As a matter of fact, would you just stand up? There's somebody in this room that God used to point you in the right direction is what I'm trying to say. Would you look around this room, folks? And there's probably more of us in this room. Would you look around? Isn't that amazing? Let's give, yeah, we can give a good applause for that. That God can use us. He can use your mess and turn it into a ministry. I mean, the things that, that Satan used against you, when you give your life completely to Christ, God can use those things to reach others. It's so amazing how God can do that, and I've seen him do it over and over again. We've been redeemed to redeem others. In that last part of the Apostles' Creed, it read, I believe in the Holy Ghost, the Holy Catholic Church, the whole church, the communion of saints. And I believe those three describe what I would say three agents of redemption. Three agents, three uh, sources that God uses on this earth to reach the whole planet. Can I tell you, he's not satisfied till everyone has received Christ in their life. Till everybody has been reached. Till everybody knows. And there's three agents. The first one is God's spirit. The Holy Spirit, or as the creed says, the Holy Ghost. And I believe in the Holy Ghost. I know the work that he's done in my life. I know how he showed up in my room and told me how God loved me in my ridiculous state. And it's the Holy Spirit that God uses to point us toward Jesus, to point us toward redemption. He moves on us. And when we ask him to, when we ask Christ to save us, he moves inside of us. And he helps us to stay pointed in the right direction. Aren't you so glad for the conviction of the Holy Ghost? Hear me, don't you ever take God's conviction as a negative. It is always positive. God is always showing you those things that would take you away from him because he's longing for you. He wants you to be close to him. He doesn't want anything between you and him. It's never to push you away. It's always to bring you close. I'm so glad when the Holy Spirit convicts my heart, he shows me something that he's not pleased with. It's because he loves me that he's doing that. He wants me to succeed. He wants me to be free in my life, free in every way, not bound in any way to Satan's work. It's a wonderful thing when God moves on your heart. And then God uses the church. Aren't you thankful for God's church? And move church is a part of God's church. Every church that preaches Jesus Christ, the whole gospel, is a part of God's church. It's not about denominations. There are denominations, and we're, we're thankful for them. It's not about the denomination or whether you sing in the choir there or not. It is about being a part of the body of Christ. If you wake up on Sunday morning and say, am I going to church today? Or, honey, are we going to church today? You're saying, are we going to the body of Christ today? Are we going to receive from Christ today? That's what church is about. It's not just about people gathering in a room, unless it's a church just, that's just a social club. But a church like this who wants the Holy Spirit to show up to change lives, it is the body of Christ at, in work, in action. 
And when you come and be a part of that, you're able to receive from the body of Christ. I'm telling you, in a church like this, God can do anything at any moment. I believe cancers can be healed at any moment. And I believe we're going to see that. I believe our days, we have not seen that. I believe we will. And it's a place where people can find salvation, can find redemption. That is what the body of Christ is meant to do. It is, it is meant to, to, for us to be able to link arms together, for us to be able to be there for one another, where we don't eat up, you know, turn people away because they've messed up, but we come and encourage them and bring them back to the body of Christ. And that's the church I'm glad to be a part of. Thank you, Move Church. Thank you for not judging people. Thank you for welcoming all. And we haven't seen anything yet. When God sees a church like that, he just sort of stirs people in that direction. As a matter of fact, we'll do what it takes. We'll do the two services. We'll do three. We'll build a building. We'll do whatever God leads us to do. And I really believe it's going to be necessary because we haven't seen nothing yet. Mm, mm, mm. Amen. Somebody, God's calling right now. And this is how God's going to use this body. This is the way he's going to grow this church is because of God's people. God's people. You. This church will be built on you and God's spirit. Why? To reach others. May we never forget what it's all about. I believe, like I said, the Lord can do, as a matter of fact, he can do anything he wants to in this house. So you'll see it sometimes. Sometimes we change things up. We believe God is a God of order and he can plan, but sometimes he says, okay, wait a minute. I want to do this. And as your pastor, with all of my heart, I'm going to let him do what he wants to do. We want him here. We want him to show up. He's the only one that can make a difference, God's presence. But he wants to empower you and me. He wants to use us to reach others. There are some people who are not going to come unless you ask them. They say the greatest response that for someone to visit a church is a personal invite. Well, Pastor Bobby, I've asked them a thousand times. Do it one more time. I'm telling you, if everybody comes to church that has told me they're coming, we better build already. We better go ahead and get the building under construction. But I'm going to keep asking. I'm not going to give up. Don't you dare keep uh, give up. Keep asking them. This uh, holiday season, uh, I believe this is going to come to fruition. Uh, we're going to have Christmas at the movies. We're going to be doing a movie series with some of the Christmas classics. And it will be a very powerful message using clips for movies. This is a, we're going to give away free popcorn. This is going to be an excellent time to invite people that don't want to have nothing to do with church. I mean, you just, we're going to have tickets that you can give to invite them. And I believe we're going to pack this place out. It's going to be wonderful. And the whole reason we would do something like that is to see somebody give their life to Christ. Someone who needs the redemption, the, the work, the redemptive work of Christ in their life. So it's going to be pretty exciting. I'm telling you, we're going to grow just during that time. Okay, so God's people. Look at what the scripture says. Let me give you this first. God has called you to be an agent of redemption. God has called you. If you have received the Holy Spirit in your life, you are qualified. You don't have to have all of the books of the Bible memorized. You don't have to have so many scriptures. You just got to have the Holy Spirit working in you. He has called you to be one of his agents of redemption. He wants to partner with you to change the world. Every one of us. Look at this scripture. It's amazing. 2 Corinthians says this. Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, the new cre creation has come. The old has gone. The new is here. But all this is from God who reconciled us to himself through Christ and gave us the ministry of reconciliation. If you have received Christ, you are called to the ministry. The ministry. You could say, I'm called to the ministry. You really are. It's the ministry of reconciliation. 
that God was reconciling the world to himself in Christ, look, not counting people's sins against them, and he has committed to us the message of reconciliation. Who did he give the job to to reach the world? You and me. He gave it to us. He's called us. He says, I've given you what you need. Now go. Go. And it says, we are therefore Christ's ambassadors. As though God were making his appeal through us, we implore you on Christ's behalf, be reconciled to God. Mm. Well, Pastor Bobby, I just don't know what to say to somebody. That's okay. The Holy Spirit will let you know. But what if I say it and it sounds funny? It probably will be, but it'll be anointed. And that's all you need, just the anointing to show up. Before I was ever in full-time ministry, I was working at a job, and, and I, was, I just wanted to serve God. And, 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 and before I was ever a preacher, they called me preacher. I was just trying to serve God. And there was a tough lady. I mean, she, in, in my office, she was tough. She was gruff. She even had a deep voice. <laughs> like that. <laughs> scary. That's scary. And I, but I, I was praying for her. I knew she needed Jesus. And I showed up at work one morning, and the Holy Spirit told me, you go tell her today that I have seen your tear, her tears. What, God? This lady don't cry. I mean, she's tough, God. You tell her, I have seen her tears. And you know how we do. Well, God, if I have the opportunity, I will. So I walk in the break room, and I'm, I'm, I'm always, always there early. It was just me and her in the break room. <laughs> you know, God always playing around with you, ain't he? I mean, he always tricking and I sense it again. It was one of those, it was, it was like if I don't, I'm going to be sick. I'm going to throw up. I said, when you really want to do what God wants you to do, he's going to lead you. You don't have to worry about it. So I said in the best deep voice to match hers, but I think it cracked a little bit, called her by name. I said, <clears throat> you know, something like that. I don't know. I said, I just got to tell you something. And as I began to talk, I wasn't that intimidated anymore. So I just want to let you know something. God told me to tell you he has seen your tears. And instantly, tears begin to flow. Never seen anything like that before. From her. And she said, you're going to make me cry. And I just told her, God loves you. See, that opened the door for, them, for me to tell her about God's love. God loves you, and he has great things. And I don't know what all I said. It was the Lord. And I know God used that. That's all he's asking. He's just asking you to be his voice, to, be, to have a heart to reach them. You don't even have to have it all figured out. As a matter of fact, I don't. None of us has this whole thing figured out. But when you point your heart toward God, the Holy Spirit will partner with you to change somebody's life for eternity. We are Christ ambassadors. Look, as though God were making his appeal through us. God speaking through us. Be reconciled to God. And you can say be redeemed to God. When you're reconciled, you are redeemed. So God wants to use us to be agents of redemption. So how? Always want to give us some practical application. How? Real quickly, let me give them to you. Three. First of all, just live it. Live it out. People are watching what you say with your life more than the words that come out of your mouth. As a matter of fact, you and I are the only Bible some people will ever read. They're just watching you. Just live it. And if you mess up, claim it. I messed up. I shouldn't have said that. Would you forgive me? It was not what I should have done. And you go on with God. You just live it in front of them. Just live it out. Jesus said, let your light shine before others that they may see your good deeds and glorify your Father in heaven. Just live what you believe yourself. Live it out. Then speak it. Speak it. 
It's, you know, we sure can talk about a lot of things that don't make no sense, don't we? I mean, I know some guys that can tell you the stats, they can tell you everybody's ever played for the Saints, the whole history. But they cannot tell somebody about Jesus Christ. Speak it. I look for ways to turn the conversation. Well, man, the Saints are going to the Super Bowl this year. Now, they are doing good this year, right? We're doing good, right? I haven't watched too many games. What is, what's the record? Is there any Saints fans in this house? Oh, six and one. Thank you. Yeah. I like, I'm not a huge football fan, but I like the Saints. The Saints going all the way this year. And, and somebody says, you know, they may even, it depends on who you're talking to, they may even let a few cuss words fly. Yeah, right, you know, whatever. Turn the conversation. Well, brother, I'll tell you, there's a time where every saint going to make it to the Super Bowl. Let me tell you what that's about. Be creative. Speak it. Learn to speak it. They're going to look at you a little funny, but that's okay. The Lord can tell them what you meant later on. Look what, what Jesus said. If anyone is ashamed of me and my words in this adulterous and sinful generation, the Son of Man will be ashamed of them when he comes into his Father's glory with his holy angels. I don't want God to be ashamed of me, and I will not be ashamed of him. Why are we so worried about what they think anyway? They didn't die on the cross for us. Now, why don't we just share, no, share it in love? Now, be very careful. Share it in love. But don't be so worried about Learn to speak it out of your mouth. Every Christian should at least be able to give a two-minute testimony. I didn't put this in your notes. If you want to jot it down real fast, you can. But every Christian should be able to at least verbalize their testimony in two minutes. Your life without Christ... Bro, it was bad. And I was hung up in this. I was tied up in that. Your life without Christ. But then how you met Christ. Man, I had a mama praying for me. I couldn't go anywhere without Christ showing up. Man, I'd be in the bar and, and the Lord speak to me. So how you met Christ. Then your life after Christ. Don't forget that. But now, man, the Holy Ghost is living inside of me. And he is changing me every day. We're called to be witnesses. A witness says what they see and what they experience. That's all you have to do. What have you experienced? Well, Pastor, I don't have a testimony. Well, it can begin today. God's presence is here to change your life. That brings me to the last one. Seek it. Seek it. How to be an agent of redemption. You live it. You speak it. You seek it. Every one of us have people we know who have not received salvation, who do not know Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior. The way we begin is we begin to pray, Lord, would you use me? Would you use me to reach them? And God, if you can't use me, use somebody else. But Lord, I want to be your mouthpiece. I want to be your hands. I want to be your feet. Lord, this is, this is my reason for being redeemed. It's to, yes, it's to know you, but it's also to make you known to others. You know, if God didn't have a plan and a purpose for us to reach this world, we would have been raptured as soon as we received Christ. We would have said, Jesus, forgive me, save me of my sins. But he left me and you here for a reason. Hope we have a huge job to do. And can I tell you, the Lord has just drawn me to you. I believe God is going to use you in ways you can never imagine. And I believe for all of us, I believe God wants to do that. He wants to use you to make a difference in your world. Seek it. Seek it. So what happened to Larry? Let me continue with the story in closing. Larry stood very still as a bright light encompassed everything around him. He could barely make out the image, but it was an image of a man. It didn't matter. He already knew who it was. He began to tremble all over as the man came closer to him. He said, Larry, don't be afraid. 
His voice was soft, but yet it thundered throughout the heavens. Larry tried to speak, but no words came out. Jesus held out his nail-pierced hands and walked and embraced him. Larry had never felt so much love. Jesus looked him in the eye. Larry could see his face clearly now. Jesus said, you have unfinished work on earth. You allowed the pleasures and the distractions of the earth to keep you from fulfilling my purpose. You can stay here if you want, but others that you love will not make it here. Jesus said, I'm going to give you a great blessing. I will allow you to return to earth to finish your mission. But the choice is yours. Larry knew what he had to do. I'm waiting for my response. I'm sorry. The room was full of doctors and nurses and machinery when Larry opened his eyes. They ran up to his bed and a nurse said, he's alive. Larry's eyes widened and he smiled and said, yes, he's alive inside of me. Would you stand please? I always thought it would be <clears throat> awesome to experience heaven and come back to earth. Be very careful, though, some of the accounts that you read. Satan would try to distract you and lead you in the wrong direction. Be very careful. But I do think that has happened. And I believe it would help us to make an impact, right? But I believe it would help us to make more of an impact if we visited hell and returned. Now, I'm not really signing up for that trip, though. <laughs> and I would rather for the Lord just to give me a desire to win the lost without that. But I am convinced, if we really saw what hell was like, I believe our reason to live on this earth then would be to share the gospel of Jesus Christ. One preacher was ministering to a man on death row, and he was telling him about Jesus. Man, you're fixing to, you're fixing to be executed. You're fixing to die. Don't you want to know Jesus? If not, you're going to hell. And the, that, was the, that was the message to this man. And eventually the man on death row spoke back to the, death row, he spoke back to the preacher after he said, you're going to die and go to hell if you do not give your life to Christ. And the man spoke to the preacher and he said, preacher, if you really believe that, you would crawl over this world on broken glass to make sure nobody goes there. It was a little bit of a wake-up call for the preacher. Do we really understand that those without Christ, those who reject Christ, who go their own way, there is an eternity, and it will be hell. They didn't. God didn't send them there. They rejected the message. But we have to be faithful to keep giving the message, don't we? We have to be, uh, uh, it has to be our heart's desire to win them by our example, by the way we live, by the way we talk, by our, de our uh, desire to, to witness to them. And I find it, I, I find it difficult at times. I get busy. 
I get other things on my mind that I think is more important than winning the lost. And I know some of that, not to excuse me, but I, I, I work with Christians all the time. <laughs> but that doesn't stop me from being a soul winner. Amen? And every one of us, we're called to be that, to that ministry of reconciliation that God wants to use us to reach the lost. And he will if you will ask him to. That's my point I'm trying to get to. He will if you ask him to. Would you bow your head just for a moment? First, I want to talk to those, I want to pray with you, as a matter of fact, where you say, Pastor, I'm not really sure that if today God called me, if I, if, if, if I breathe my last, let me say it that way, I'm not really sure if I'll go to heaven. And God wants you to be sure. As a matter of fact, he doesn't want you to have any doubt whatsoever. And I want to be very careful. I'm not trying to use fear to get you to heaven. That never works anyway. But there are, is a reality that I wanted you to be aware of today. And if you say, well, Pastor, I'm just not sure. If I, if I did die today, where I would go? If you would, if you could be as still as possible. If that's you, would you just raise your hand, Pastor? I'm not sure. Yeah, there's no shame. There's no shame. Thank you, God. Yeah. Today, that can change. That can change for you. As a matter of fact, I think everything up to this point is orchestrated so you can know Jesus Christ. Not just in this service. I believe your whole life, God has brought you to this point, this very sacred moment for you to know Jesus Christ. And the way we do it here at Move Church, we all pray together. And if this is a prayer that you need to pray, I want you to pray it from your heart. We'll help you with the words, but I want you to mean it from your heart. Today, God, I give my life to you. This is what we're going to say. God, forgive me of my sins. I give my life to you. Come in and help me out is basically the prayer. And as a matter of fact, we're all going to pray it. If you're watching online, we want you to pray it right where you are. God will hear you. This is the reason why his son died, so you can be fully redeemed, not just saved from sins, saved to heaven and to be used mightily for him. Church, let's pray it together. Heavenly Father, thank you for loving me so much that you gave your son, Jesus, to die on the cross for my sins. I'm a sinner. I need a Savior. Would you forgive me for all my sins? Would you come into my heart? Would you change my life? And I'm going to do my best to live for you. In Jesus' name, amen, amen.